So obviously want to dig into your dental records. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously want to. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'll fax him on over. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously want to get into the, the new EP and talk touring and this pandemic and get your opinion on a couple things. And, uh, you know, starting with the EP, I want to kind of fire up the DeLorean and go back in time, go back to what, like fall of 2019, you guys were out on the act tour and came through our neck of the woods at the glass house in Pomona and kind of seemed like that was the album cycle for the act. Then the calendar flips to 2020. Was the plan right away to do a Z2 or or a zombie dose, as I like to call it, or or did the plans did the plans change? I like the zombie dose. You like I that? I like the zombie dose. Did did the plans um, well, change because of the pandemic, or was it planned to do an album from the get go, or or an EP, or kind of take me back in that time frame? So it was always going to be an EP, but I don't I don't think we were quite at that point yet. We actually had started um, had started writing one even before we wrote the act, and we just didn't like any of the songs. It just wasn't didn't really seem up to the caliber of like a sequel at that time. So we kind of tabled like most of that stuff, and then uh, when we realized we were going to have a little more time, we ended up just saying, "Okay, let's take a fresh stab at it." And the stuff the guys were doing was so crazy that uh we just went to solid state and said hey we're actually gonna do a five song zombie ep sequel is that cool and they're like let's go let's start the races so (laughs) so a lot of that music was actually written was it written during the act recording sessions or shortly thereafter no, so most of it was brand new. So they actually wrote, I don't even know what ended up happening to it. They they wrote like a bunch of stuff for the Z2 originally, and then it just was kind of scrapped, I think. It kind of fell into the riff oblivion. So who knows? We may pull that stuff out later. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and with this pandemic, did you guys get together and record in a studio or did you kind of all record your parts separately? Because it's all self-produced, right? Yeah, kind of. So so our keyboard player did produce the whole thing. He produced our last record, too. We ended up doing all the drums and a bunch of the guitars and all the vocals at a studio in Kansas City. Um, like three of our dudes actually all live out there. So we kind of drove out there and met up and ended up tracking most of it out there. And then they did like the majority of the guitars and the bass and all the keyboards and stuff in their house. They're pretty self-contained. Like they could kind of like our other guitar player and our keyboard player that do most of the writing and the that sort of creative direction on the song front they kind of know what they want so it's easier for them to just do it on their own so but we did we did end up doing some of it in a studio too and i'm curious for you a guy that plays guitar and does some singing Mm -hmm. how do you get into it how do you look back on the ep do you do you have a favorite guitar lick or is there a vocal note that you hit that you're like yeah or is it a lyric you write (laughs) or or does mike do all the lyric writing um, so Mike did all the lyric writing on this. He's done probably the lion's share. I'd say he's done 99% of it through the years. Um, on the last record, a couple of us had some other songs on there too, but he, he does the lion's share of the lyrics. I really like his line, Upset the Sickness, that he did, but I really just, I like the intro lick on the track Forlorn. I like yeah. all the guitar stuff that's on Nightfall. Um, and I really just, I, I think if I was to have to pick my favorite part it'd probably be on the song contagion i start the song out with some singing um yeah and i thought like you know sometimes you swing and you miss but i think we really nailed that one i was pretty pumped on that so i like that song 
Yeah, you know, it's a nice kind of sonic break, especially at the beginning, how it kind of starts off slow because your ears are almost bleeding after the first four songs. So it's kind of a... <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> kind of a nice tempo change and a, a nice mix-up. But yeah, Forlorn, Terminator, there's so many great riffs, Nightfall, like you said. And, you know, I'm kind of curious with this EP, is it is it a philosophy change or just about the amount of songs? Because I know some bands are kind of switching to that EP and prefer EPs over LPs, or is it just kind of... Because you guys have done a a ton of EPs over the years. Yeah, we have. I think for us, it just feels, I don't think we'll shy away from the album. I think especially as we kind of delve into some different sonic territories, it's really not hard for us to put like three or four, almost not ballady, but you know, some down tempo stuff and then ramp it up at other parts. But I think when you do these kind of themes with the zombie stuff in space, it just kind of feels like, it's more focused when it's only five songs. I think if it was like 10 tracks by track seven or eight, you might be kind of bored and say, well, they didn't really hit the mark on this one. And you really don't want that feeling. You want to get to the very end and say, oh my God, I kind of want to hear that again. So I think that's it. It's not necessarily like some big philosophical thing. Like we won't (laughs) do an album. I think, you know, just on the heels of the big dogs, Zeppelin and Floyd and stuff, it's just something about rock that comes with albums so we'll probably do another one <laughs> awesome i'd love to hear that and uh you know the undead live string wanted to get into that a little bit was that like the longest totally. video shoot ever or did you have fun doing that one dude i nearly kill myself leading up to it um just planning everything and putting it together it was so fun to play those songs and put everything together and it's one of those things where I have a real hard time charging people money to watch something when they're not sitting in the room. And so I really (laughs) wanted to deliver something of the caliber that was worth uh, a ticket price. And I know some people have done some stuff and, you know, just slapped a few cameras on, but I really wanted to ramp it up. And I know our fans expect like a a big caliber show when we do something. So I, I was pretty pumped about how it turned out. And is that something that you would maybe do again in the future? I don't know if you saw that story a few weeks ago, or maybe it's been a month now. Who knows? Time flying by. But Live Nation teamed up with Veeps, and they got all these cameras, and they basically equipped all these venues across the country for live streams. So you can literally go into a venue and flip a switch and then live stream the show. Dude, I did hear about that. And that's actually a really sick um, idea because I think probably the best part about it was just seeing how many people bought tickets outside the country or from like areas that we can't normally play in. Because like, I know where you guys are. We play there every single tour. You'd be a psycho not to go in there <laughs> and do a show. But there's plenty of places where we don't. So I think, or, you know, I mean, people have work, they have kids, they have all kinds of stuff. So I think it would be cool, especially like just to be able to turn that on and you could probably charge a little less and people could get on there and see the show. That's like what it's about for me. It's not trying to make a buck. It's just trying to put the show in front of people. Yeah, I think it's a really cool option, especially, you know, for the next year or so where there's probably not going to be a whole lot of international touring. Like you said, fans in other countries or maybe people that just aren't ready to go out yet can still have an opportunity to see the band or if a show's sold out and you want to see the show still, you still have that chance if you flip that live stream switch. Dude, you should be advocating for this. They should hire you. <laughs> I'm buying in now. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah, Live Nation, give me a job, man. And <laughs> Speaking of uh, Live Nation and, and touring, is there going to be any actual touring this year, maybe in the fall, or are we thinking 2022 at this point? Yeah, no, no. We're going to be coming out in the fall. I'm not supposed to say anything. They'll 
get all mad at me. But if you want to see the Devil Wears Prada live, you will be able to see it uh, this fall. And that's all I'm legally allowed to say at this point. But, <laughs> but uh, we're absolutely coming back out and we're pumped for it. And a headlining tour, right? Well, I'm not allowed to say that uh, one way or the other. <laughs> but, I mean, dude, we've already got tons of stuff on the books, even headed into next year and stuff, too. Like, it, everybody in the industry really feels like it's ramping back up. So we're pumped about that. Yeah, I am, too, and I'm dying to get out to show, just like I'm sure you guys are. And, you know, speaking of touring, you know, I I, I think uh, one of the last times I, I missed that uh, that Glasshouse show in 19, but I think the time before that I saw you guys was on the Killthrax tour. Wanted to uh, go back in time a little bit about that. That was a, a, a great tour, but wanted to see it from your perspective, like Anthrax and Killswitch and you guys. Dude, here's the thing is we've actually done two records with Adam D, and we were really young. I mean, it was almost 10 years ago the first uh, record that we did with him and he was such a cool dude he taught us so much especially to Mike and I like vocally just on like how really to find your voice in a studio and like kind of the caliber of stuff you should be putting out and since then he's become a great friend I know he's the world's biggest goofball and he really is but he's such a sweet guy and he's amazing and all those guys joel jesse all of them they're super nice guys in kill switch so we broke down hard with them and that's probably one of the most fun tours we've done actually code orange was on that tour too and they're kind of the same age as us and and we kind of broke down on that too so it was awesome yeah, I love love what Code Orange is doing, but it's funny talking about Adam, man, because you you're right. He's a total goofball on stage and then like this wizard in the studio and it, it, he's got to be like Jekyll and Hyde, right? You know what? It's funny. Like, you know, he wears glasses, so he's, I don't want to say he's geeky, but <laughs> he definitely is kind of a geek in the best way. He's just such a nerd for like how to make records and I think he, he went to Berkeley, like for maybe for bass or something like that. So he's, he's literally a genius and he's such a nerd for like songwriting and that kind of stuff. So he's so awesome. I love that guy. <laughs> Curious, quick question. You know, as the uh, Devil Wears product career moves along and you get a little bit older, I mean, you're starting to come up on some uh, album anniversaries. I know we're kind of doing <laughs> Z2, but uh, would you ever go back and do some of those like 818 in its entirety or anything like that? Dude, I think so. I'm trying to get crazy with some of them. Ones that I'm not going to like leak anything, but there's stuff that people are like, they'll never do that, that I'm trying to get the guys on board to do. Just because, like you said, why not have fun? I think that's part of the pandemic is we kind of just reflected on, wow, how crazy is it that this is our job? And like when it gets taken away from you for a year, you kind of want to get serious and get back in and and just do stuff for the fans. That's what I want to do. Not to be like pandering I, I really mean it i just want to do stuff for the fans well i love it and and hope you guys do kind of dig back in that it, not that there's anything wrong with the new music but those tours are kind of fun to see and a lot of those are happening more and more frequently it seems like those anniversary tours and stuff like that so that'd be sick to see oh absolutely i mean i have the same nostalgia for my favorite bands and all their catalogs and stuff so i totally get it from a fan perspective like there's so many albums i want to see so uh, it's kind of unfair if we don't do the same sort of thing i guess <laughs> what would be uh, just 
just out of curiosity, what would be yours if you could if you could draw up any band, any album? What would be your perfect one? Oh my gosh, uh, that's a great question. I mean, like Corn Issues, all that kind of stuff. Like I'm I'm a big like I kind of grew up putting my tape recorder up to like the rock radio. So yeah. I grew up on that Limp Bizkit. Like um, I like to see all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> any of those guys, I'd be super into. I like hearing the line that you just said. I, I grew up on rock radio and wanted to uh, talk about our radio station for a second. We're one of those old school radio stations that still does mandatory Metallica every single night at 10 p.m. I love mandatory Metallica. I love that, dude. <laughs> I so, live for that. Let's talk a little Metallica. How did you discover them? Dude, I'm not that old, but I am 33. So it's like my cousin had a Riot of the Lightning tape, like, nice. tape, you know? So we, I think we covered that and like, I don't know. I can't remember. We covered Nirvana and a bunch of stuff like at birthday parties and stuff like that. But like for whom the bell tolls, that was definitely, definitely my intro into it. And have you ever shared a stage with them on a festival or seen them live or anything? Dude, psychotically enough, no. And and I've never seen them either. So that's definitely bucket list. I got to do that. <laughs> we got to stop touring for a minute <laughs> when they're touring and I could get out there. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Last thing for you regarding Metallica, since it's mandatory Metallica, I want to play your favorite Metallica tune on the radio. What would that be? That's a great question. Um, I don't want to do Enter Sandman, even though that is my favorite Metallica song. Um, let's do For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And you know, it's funny, crazy to think about. You just mentioned Enter Sandman, the Black Album. That album's going to turn 30 this summer. Not to make you feel old. But. Jeez. <laughs> Dude, at least I was born before it came out. <laughs> just barely. Oh, just funny. barely. Thank you for the tunes and the time, and uh, we'll see you out there in the road. Thanks, Jeremy. All right. Take care, Mike. Later. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.